Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Students for a better future. Heralded by Doreen Finkel. Hi, this is... Mark Falzon and Ruben Torres, and we're here on another edition of Students for a Better Future. We have a special guest tonight. Uh, we're trying to bring him online now. Uh, his name is Chris Salcedo. He's another type A personality. Uh, I hope you've noticed. Hello, sir. You are on the air. Is this Mr. Salcedo? Yes, sir, it is. Hello, guys. Hello, yeah, Ruben's here. Ruben, say hi to your buddy. Ruben, are you there, Ruben? <laughs> what happened? Well, anyway, I'm here, Mr. Salcedo. Welcome to Students for a Better Future radio show. Uh, we thank you for your promptness. Uh, I don't know what's going on no. with Ruben. Ruben, are you there? I was just talking to him online, sir. And, and Anyway, um, just before we went online... Uh, and the show came on, results were, were coming in. And uh, we see that uh, Trump has already taken Mississippi and he's pulling away in, in Michigan. Do you have any news on that, sir? Uh, I, I'm seeing the, the very same returns that you are seeing. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just got a, an alert that came across. Let's see. Donald Trump projected winner of Michigan, according to Fox News. So there you go. There's oh. the, up to the minute. Uh, I'm here. Of course, these are all proportional, proportional delegate appropriations. So uh, there are a lot of uh, guys that are that are on his heels. In particular, Ted Cruz, who will probably have a a decent night. And I, I don't think that that uh, Mr. Trump will be able to pull away with these four states. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. All right, Ruben. I know we we uh, lost you. It had to be you, brother, because Mr. Salcedo and I have been conversing on the air for several yeah, minutes. I- I I apologize that my 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 connection. Uh, well, I have to tell you, Chris. Uh, thank you for coming on on the New Age Politics Broadcasting and Politics, which is basically uh, um, we're, we're 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 trying to make a point here. But uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. I listen to you uh, on my way to uh, the office every morning, and um, you know uh, you convinced me. You're you're definitely a. a, a uh, true conservative, uh, and especially in Texas, uh, you're the voice of Texas every morning. Well, I I appreciate I appreciate the compliment, but yeah, it, it, that is uh, it's nice to know that folks uh, folks are out there listening. And you know what, the, the show exists on a on several different levels. Uh, it's the reason why we're out there. Conservatism is the primary is the primary thrust thrust. But uh, you know, being a Conservative Latino also has it. Well, in some circles, it's, it seems to be an oddity, but I think it's more commonplace than many folks uh, even know or would like to admit. Right. One one of the things that I caught on um, that I basically I've been listening to your show for now for a while. Um, and when when a lot of the you know because you get a lot of uh, Cruz supporters, Trump supporters, and uh, all over Texas. Um, 
But one of the things that, I, that I've learned in, over the past couple of weeks, the the whole process of, uh, of Trump, the whole Trump uh, craziness that has been happening, um, a lot of that has to do with also because he, he's a, you know, he, he's star material. I mean, he's, he's been out there, uh, name recognition. I mean, but one of the things that really, uh, and I wrote an article that I, that I actually sent to you, um, in regards to how many people, how many Democrats are crossing over in open primaries, which I think a lot of a lot of my colleagues also have not brought up, especially in, in the in the mainstream media, how many crossover of de- Democrats have been voting in open primaries, and that actually has hurt um, the other candidates. What, what what's your impression? Your take on that? I I think that there's an awful lot of that happening. But uh, because I mean, and, and this is not this is hardly unique. I mean, the Republicans back in 2008, at the behest of uh, a great talk show host by the name of Rush Limbaugh, uh, under had undertaken a, a something called Operation Chaos, which was to keep Hillary Clinton in the game a lot longer than she would have. Uh, John McCain was already the GOP nominee back there in 2008, so uh, the idea was to keep Hillary alive using Republicans crossing over and, and, and voting in these open primaries just so she and Barack Obama can continue to, to bloody each other up, if, if you will. Um, we are seeing some of that in the Trump phenomenon too, but, and this is the big caveat, there is also uh, stories uh, coming out of Massachusetts where 20,000 Democrats have left the right. party and registered as independents, 16,500 of them as independents and 3,500 going all the way and becoming Republicans, and, and whereas some of those can be attributed to wanting to play some shenanigans in, in the Republican sandbox, I think there is also a segment of the Democrat Party, and it's an increasing rarity, but there is a segment of the Democrat Party that has seen seven to eight years of the most extremist left-wing president that this country has ever seen. Now they see their party actually entertaining running an actual socialist as, as a right. nominee to where they're saying, I, I, I can't get behind this noise. And I think I think Bill Maher said it best when he said, you know, if it comes down to a choice between Donald Trump, who wants to prohibit entry of Muslims from, from terrorist countries until we can vet them, as opposed to a, a party that can't even say the name radical Islamic fundamentalist terrorists, uh, right. he thinks Donald Trump will win. Definitely, definitely. I, 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 and like I said, I, I would definitely vote for, for, for Mr. Trump. I, Against Hillary, uh, I just think that that's something that a lot of people were not aw- are not aware. Because I have I have colleagues and friends that are basically saying, well, you know, uh, all these registered Republicans, all these registered Republicans are are, are you know evangelical Christians are are voting for Mr. Trump, and and I'm saying, well, a lot of a lot of them, a great portion of them, are Democrats. Uh, so, some are, yes, and, and and some of these evangelicals, which many had believed would be solidly in Ted Cruz's camp, being a an an, an open Christian himself, uh, I think that the the miscalculation on the Cruz camp part was just how just how much America has been treated to what, what I what I classify as a liberal beatdown all of these mm-hmm. th- these last seven years. Where it has been uh, the call of the day to to besmirch and denigrate 
and talk down America from the highest office in the land, from the president's right. uh, from the president's residence in the Oval Office. A man I call President Obama has a habit of of talking down this country and talking down this na- this nation's history and heritage. And I, I think the Cruz camp really underestimated just how much that wore down and would have supplanted, you know, folks' religious predisposition coming into the election. Right. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I just wanted to add in that I follow the Alinsky, the Alinsky-esque tactic, and I have met several names for President Obama. Like, uh, for instance, I call him <laughs> O'Jackass, but I, I spell it with the two S's at the end capitalized, as in Hitler's SS, because of Obama's weaponization of government. I also, one of my favorites is Generalissimo Hussein. That's another name I call him because he behaves like he's the head of some tiny Central American junta, for God's sakes. Uh, and I, I just had to throw those insults in because you can never pass up an opportunity to stick your thumb in the eye of Generalissimo Hussein. So continue, gentlemen. I apologize. Well, you know what? They, they, they are not. They are not insults when they're accurate. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, you see, because I mean, I've watched. The leftists have much success using Alinsky-esque tactics. So my attitude is, uh, why reinvent the wheel? Uh, these boys have laid out for us what works, so I, I follow it. I insult all these people at every chance I get. Uh, that's one reason I love doing this show with Ruben, because, again, you well, just can't stick your thumb in the eye of Obama enough. And these radical left. I gotta Go tell, ahead, sir. I gotta tell you, man, that, that what we yeah, what's what's missing from our, po- our 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 political debate these days, and I think it's the reason why we're seeing the ascendancy of Trump, is that Republicans have been cowed, have been too timid in the face of, let's be quite frank, the damage and utter destruction which is the agenda of the Obama administration of this country, just making us one of many countries, nothing exceptional, nothing special about us. And that is not the tradition of America. And there have been there's been such timidity from folks who have fancied themselves conservatives, uh, uh, Brooks or uh, Peggy Noonan or the like, who have just been so willing to cow to this to this uh, wannabe dictator. And it's it's high time that the the American people. But it, it's it's I don't look at it as insults. I just look at it as candor. And he has called us he has called us far worse. Uh, Chris, uh, I wanted to get your point of view on on the situation, um, the current past, because uh, I've discussed this on previous show. We had Roger Stone uh, last week on our show. Um, one of the things that, that I'm looking at in regards to getting the nomination, automatic nomination, the GOP nomination, it would have to be at this present moment, even with Mr. Trump winning uh, Michigan or even uh, Mississippi, the numbers don't add up for any of the three candidates, the two candidates, Cruz or uh, Trump, in regards to getting the automatic GOP nomination. I would believe that we are heading for potentially 
a broker convention, which we, we haven't had since 1948. Yeah, contested or broker convention, and it, it is definitely something we have not seen in our lifetimes, and it is, yeah. it, uh, of course, in a political year like this, I mean, wouldn't that be just the perfect capper to uh, uh, the, the the perfect election season where – and this would have one advantage, I would say, is that all the energy and all the attention from the nationwide press after Hillary Clinton finally puts away the socialist, uh, the woman who won't admit she's a socialist puts away the man who admits he's a socialist. Uh, once that's over and done with, then she's going to be forgotten and the mainstream press will be focused exclusively on what's going on over on the Republican side of the ledger, especially with the star power that Donald Trump brings. So in that sense, it's it's good where where this brokered slash contested convention is bad is that no matter which way you look at this and and again the aforementioned Peggy Noonan she she was right about one thing when she opined that no matter which way this election cycle goes uh whether Trump is the nominee or whether uh this goes to a brokered or contested convention the Republican party will never be the same and I've got to admit it deserves it I agree. I it agree. Sure, I sure uh, did. Wait, I have to chime in here. You, you know what? And I wanted to ask the guest here because I like asking this question of astute people. And the question is, why do the Republicans, you know, aside from the fact that, that they probably sold out to the Arab oil money and the international robber barons, why do the Republicans fight conservatives and the Tea Party with brass knuckles and then turn around and fight a jackass with pillows. Do you know why <laughs> this is, sir? Yes, because they seem to identify more with their compatriots up on Capitol Hill because they're all part of the same club. They all have the same quote-unquote headaches, which of course is now we are learning more and more because of this election cycle – their headaches of accommodating their donors rather than accommodating right. we the people. Um, their their primary concern is their ability to deliver for the money guys, uh, so the guys who fund their campaigns. That's why Trump worries them so, and to a lesser degree, Ted Cruz, is because these guys have it in their heads, at least allegedly, that uh, they want to service the constituency. And if the constituency is serviced, and it, the, it, it's government of, by, and for the people, then it can't be government of, by, and for the traitorous insurance companies or government of, by, and for the crony capitalists or government of, by, and for all the Democrats' special interest groups. So mm -hmm. they're all they're, the reason why they share such an affinity up there on Capitol Hill is they've all got a good thing going. It's a rather exclusive 535 people in Congress and one president in, in his administration – and it's uh, the political class, and they love the, yeah, the royal guys, treatment. Guys, they do love you have any idea? Wait, I want to ask you. Do you have any idea, staff, totally for the both the House and the Senate? Any idea what what that number climbs into? Well, if you look at you look at each congressional staff and each Senate staff's office, I mean, they've got uh, from the folks answering the phones up front to policy people to communications people. I mean, a, a small office can have anywhere, and, and then they've got people back in their home districts. So, I mean, just just a congressman has, uh, you know, uh, has a uh, an entourage, if you will, ten, fifteen, twenty people. Just to, just just for so, their, their office, and a senator has even more. 
Wow. And so when we got 535, 5,000, so almost 10,000 people. That well, is, think about my this. point remember, is, remember on Obama, well, remember Obamacare, what they did in Obamacare is they exonerated uh, themselves and their staff from by giving themselves uh, a little bit of a stipend there to afford the increases in the in the health care costs. And Republicans yep, partake correct. in it as well as Democrats. And yeah. how about the waivers? How what's the count of the the way are the waivers over two thousand yet? As uh Generalissimo Hussein uh, bestows his uh criminal blessings on all the exemptions <laughs> to Obamacare. Is it over two thousand now, do you know? Yeah, you know what would be ironic is that all the companies that have applied for and gotten exemptions to delay or at least uh, ush, uh, ease into Obamacare, that if we do get a Republican president and a Republican Congress, they may be able to get finally get rid of this thing. But it, wouldn't that be ironic if all of these waivers, oh, we never suffered under it anyway, it was just the rest of the country because we were part of the protected, protected political class. Right, right, yeah, the, the scoundrels, yes. Uh, and also, you know what, Chris, I wanted to, to uh, just alert you to the fact that this is a bipartisan show. Rubin is a registered Republican. I am a registered Democrat. So we are fully bipartisan on this show. And uh, now, despite the fact that the two words I use to describe the uh, DNC junta, the words I use are disdain and revulsion, but I'm still a registered Democrat. Get out. You know, I never would. I would. Well, well, no, I, I would never have pegged you for a registered Democrat. I would have I, an independent. Yes. Uh, maybe a libertarian, but not not a Democrat. Uh, that, now, that, I'm an old New York seems... City Democrat, old New York City Democrat. Uh, and um, uh, I, I have to say that uh, I'm looking back now to Ronald Reagan's 40 plus state win his first time around. And the thing I am, because this show basically targets students, uh, that's our predominant audience. And what I always like to point out to the students is that Ronald Reagan's second term, where he ran for re-election, so we've had him in office four years. We know what this boy is up to. He won 49 out of 50 states. And the thing I always ask the students, can you imagine in this environment, one of the candidates winning 49 of 50 states or even over 40 or 50. I mean, that's the kind of revolution that went on, and that's why the ground is shaking now with Donald Trump. And as a Democrat, I am pleased. I mean, I'm looking at the list of Trump enemies, and I'm just looking at it in my head. I mean, the Mexicans have come out, the Chinese have come out, the Europeans have come out, the Japanese have come out. Everyone's come out attacking Trump, and I have to scoff at their ignorance because they believe this is going to have an effect, and someone's going to go, oh, the ex-president of Mexico, that fine, upstanding uh, uh, <laughs> choir boy uh, is, is against Donald Trump. That's going to change my vote. Are these people out of their minds or what? <laughs> No, 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 they they are out of their minds. And you know what? And what astonishes me about the Republican Party is that here we have the template, the Ronald Reagan template. As you mentioned, his second term in office, a 49-state landslide. And we have people inside the Republican Party who lead it today who say, you know, it's time to leave that behind. It's time to leave Ronald Reagan behind. That, that actually goes back to one of your other questions is 
why is this Republican Party intent on committing suicide? They have only they have only themselves to blame for Donald Trump because of their timidity and ineffectiveness. And you you can tell as they get their hackles up to oppose Donald Trump, really what's on their mind is just preserving their own power and influence. The rest of it, they couldn't care less. Yes, it boils down to good old-fashioned greed. That's the bottom line here, folks. Greed by the Democrats and greed by the Republicans and greed by the New World Order robber barons uh, who house themselves in the U.N., of course. You know, that, that, that other fine agency representing the will of the common man. Not. You know, yeah. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Hey, Chris. Chris. Uh, yeah. What I, I, during my prepping, uh, I, I have a set of questions for you. Um, where do you see uh, Kasich going, and do you see him as, as an alternative, as, as a VP? And where, where do you see Rubio? Uh, even, even if he wins Florida, I think he, he's basically someone right now who's uh, – his status as as a candidate for the presidency is shot. What do you think? Yeah, I have a on Kasich. I have a visceral reaction to Mr. Kasich, who seems to to be out there campaigning, saying the be, the best attribute for a Republican is how much a Republican can bend over for a Democrat. Uh, that that seems to be how. Hey, this show is rated PG thirteen, buddy. So. Stop right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's about as far as I'm going to go. I won't be talking about the size <laughs> of anybody's hands um, in this race. I'm not going to be doing that. But but John Kasich to me, I mean, here's a guy who got out in front of the the cameras when Donald Trump had had cursed on the trail, and John Kasich revealed how he viewed the presidency of the United States. He says the president is the father of America. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, Kasich, I'm not electing a daddy. I'm electing somebody to be a representative of we the people. And if, and right. if, you, think, if you think that we're electing a daddy to tell us what to do, that, that, that is why I have such a visceral reaction to, right. uh, to Mr. Kasich, number one. And then he's out there uh, uh, on the trail. Oh, I'm not sure if, I, if, I, if I, my destiny is to be president. Well, you know what? Why don't you make room for somebody who is sure their destiny is? Because we really don't need a guy like you, uh, uh, Mr. Kasich. So this guy is an apologist. He apologizes for conservatism. He he isn't a conservative, and uh, he believes that everything that is responsible for building up the Trump phenomenon right now, oh, we got to continue more of that, which is an ineffective, weak, and uh, uh, docile Republican Party. On the other hand, for Rubio. Aside from his, aside from his uh, gang of eight, uh, shall we say, misstep, I think he is. I think he is a great ambassador for conservatism, and he's a young guy. And I pray he has a, a political future, as I do Ben Carson. We're gonna, yeah, he we're came out and Trump. endorsed Trump. Did you hear that? Were you up on that? Carson did. Yep. Wow. Now, I if know. he didn't do an outright endorsement, he came out and said what's being done to Trump is unforgivable. Uh, unforgivable. And he also said the yeah. Republicans, and this I quote, are trying to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory by doing this. 
Wow. Yeah. And I yeah. came from a hard you well. Good grief. Hey, hey, hey Chris, uh, looking looking down down uh, evaluating the, the the wins and losses of the primary so far with Trump uh, with Cruz, uh, what has stood out the most in your, in your opinion of each win well, in each loss? Trump's Trump's ability to win across geographic locations, I think, has has surprised a lot of people. Whether it's the Northeast, whether it's the Deep South, and and to a lesser degree, Cruz has shown that ability as well. Um, I, I think the voter energy, which even surpasses that of the Democrats back in 2008, I think is also notable. There's more enthusiasm for the Republican side. This time, and I think that's a mechanism again of the most of suffering under the most extremist left wing occupier of the Oval Office this country has ever seen. You, you've seen evidence of this down ballot in, in all the states where Democrats have been handed huge losses, state level, in the city level, uh, in in townships all over this country. I mean, th- I mean, literally over thousands of elections um, that have been lost by Democrats in the era of Obama because the the, the Democrat brand is soiled. Uh, courtesy of President Obama. Uh, at the same time, the Republicans, kind of like it's it's like playing the Cleveland Browns, and you happen to be the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, and you go into <laughs> Cleveland and you lose. And that's exactly what the Republican Party is doing to the Democrats, playing down to their level, playing down to this backward ideology of, of Barack Obama, and. And, and, and not at all playing to win, and that's why and that's why Donald Trump rises. Okay. Um, and another um, issue, Ted Cruz just received today, which did not help him. Governor Bryan from Mississippi gave him an endorsement. Chuck Norris, and we've seen that uh, Donald Trump uh, received uh, an endorsement from Paul LePage, who, by the way, he was on my show a couple years ago. Um, the governor of Maine and Cruz won. Do endorsements really, are they really as important as they used to be? No, no, not so much. Uh, uh, they don't hurt and they help, and they help provide some star power when you're going out and campaigning. Uh, but typically a lot of these politicians, uh, kind of read their electorate anyway. And, and if they if they come out and they it just it's just another it actually benefits more the people who are in, who are endorsing rather than the actual the actual candidate these days because especially when you're a backer of Trump you're you're signaling to your your voters hey I'm a Trump person I'm I'm not, I'm not going against you and you're preserving your own job um, right. which you know in, in in some of these people's cases like Mitch McConnell and Bob Corker and Lindsey Graham and John McCain. I hope right. that uh, their voters hold him accountable if they, if these guys continue to be uh, anti-Trumps. Oh yeah, especially right. Corker. His last name is N U D D because I will never forget that blasted Corker amendment. See, it's things like that <laughs> that created Donald Trump. I mean, here's Obama faced. You know, I don't even call this the Iran deal. I call it the Iran capitulation. Here's Obama faced with getting two-thirds of the Senate to pass this capitulation. Of course that's not going to happen. So his supposed enemies, his supposed 
uh, opponents introduce legislation to flip-flop it so the people need 67 votes to stop the Iran capitulation instead of Ojakis needing 67 to proceed with it? That Corker, uh, whatever you do, gentlemen, don't put me in a room with him because I am an old <laughs> New York City boy. I don't know if I'll keep my hands to myself. I tell you, I'm honest. I yeah. want a sellout. No, these guys, then, these guys, TPP, the last of the omnibus bill to to the Iran uh, to the Obama Iran deal, uh, it was it, 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 the, the Republicans have found new and creative ways of bending over for for President Obama, and uh, that is that is why their party is disgusted with them, why their party feels betrayed by them, and why their party is gravitating towards somebody who calls himself a Republican. But is but think about it this way, guys. I ask this to my listeners all the time that are that are not anti-Trumpsters. I say, when was the last time Trump betrayed you? And they got to stop and think about it. Well, he gave to, to Democrat candidates. Well, yeah, but he was a businessman. That was his job. But when when was the last time that you put your trust in Donald Trump and he betrayed you? And they're forced to answer, he never has because he's never been in politics. And that's right. A lot of people are making that calculation because they can look. They know they don't know if Trump's the answer. But they sure know what the hell the problem is, and that's the folks in Washington D.C. Yeah, you're right. Well, I, I, I think basically, uh, I believe a lot of individuals like myself. The reason Trump is not number one in my book is he's number two. It's because I like consistency. I built my life on consistency, and I think there, there's a guy, and that's the reason. Ted Cruz won by 17 points in Texas because in Texas they know that the man is a person who's been consistent. He said he's going to do this, he's going to fight corruption, and that's what he he did. Um, okay, but but Ruben, hold on. One of them, you know, I love old quotes, and one of them I recall is quote Consistency is the last refuge of the unimaginative. So. Be careful with that consistency label. <laughs> oh, no, no, but that's, 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 well, that's, that's what... Well, there's also that, but, you know, what you got to love about Cruz is, A, he is by far the most conservative guy in this race. B, he is a great admirer, and his career reflects this, and a, and a staunch defender of the Constitution of the United States, which has been ground underfoot by this administration. And And, and again, I hate to keep on hearkening back to the to the timidity of the Republican Party, but they don't see Mr. Obama as any much of an abomination uh, as he is. They, they, they don't see the damage he's doing to our founding document and to the trust in public institutions. Heck, Hillary Clinton got up in this Fox town hall last night and said that young people have no faith in government anymore. And is it any wonder? Look who's been in charge the last seven to eight years. She gave a striking indictment to the era of Obama. And these Republicans have just sat by and let it happen, and that's why, uh, you know, they're consistently ineffective. At least Ted Cruz is consistently active in defending our rights and right. liberties under the Constitution. That's exactly what. That's exactly what. Uh, why he, he became my number one choice. But besides that, what what um, my personal opinion in regards to uh, Ted Cruz. My question um, for you, uh, Chris. In regards to Mr. Obama not showing up at Nancy Reagan's 
No, not going oh, yeah. Way. Oh, my. I, I Especially mean, I, on the I, heels I, I, of I not think, going to Scalias. I, I, I don't think... I don't think I recall. I don't know if you do or Mark, you do. I don't recall a sitting president not going to a funeral or a wake or whatever to of a former president's wife. And the Supreme yeah, Court justice I, you know, they, too, right on the heels of that. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that that bothered me more than because you know Nancy Reagan, for as beloved as she was, she was she was never elected, um, and. Uh, Look, I mean, the, or she never served in government per se. Uh, the, the Supreme Court justice is storied as Scalia. I don't think there was any excuse for Mr. Obama skipping that. Um, Miss, Mrs. Obama is headed to the uh, to Mrs. Reagan's funeral. At least he sent a White House emissary to that to that funeral. Um, uh, frankly, it's, it's loving Ronald Reagan and the contribution the Reagans made to this country so much, I just prefer Mr. Obama stay away anyway. Um, he 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 belongs nowhere in the same conversation with the great Ronald Reagan. Um, that's just how I feel about it. I don't want I don't want Barack Obama anywhere near anything that's Reagan because he he a he hasn't earned it and b I think he he sullies the leg just by his as he sullies the Oval Office right now with his actions. There's a reason why I call him President Obama is because he hasn't behaved as a president. Um, so in his second term, there was no way in good conscience I can continue to call him president because he has so uh, tried to redefine an office that wasn't his to define. And Ronald Reagan lived up to the definition of president that we the people. Had had given him the job and he lived up to it. Uh, Obama has done nothing but fail at it. So uh, well, that's he'll not how get the, the uh, Bolsheviks roll, Chris. Uh, you know, I've been fighting <laughs> these Bolsheviks since the streets of New York City during the Vietnam era. So my scars go way back. And and you know, and I forgot in an earlier segment we were discussing nicknames for Generalissimo Hussein. And I must apologize to the audience because I omitted another label I use on him. I also, and I Twitter him, and I call him this on Twitter directly. I call him the uh, Second City Punk, uh, especially today when Bibby, a man's man, gave all the oh, jackass administration the back of his hand and just canceled all his meetings in Washington with them. Uh, I, I got a kick out of that. I'm a real, I'm a, I'm an Israel supporter. I'm a Bibi supporter. Um, I don't know if the audience knows this, but uh, Generalissimo Hussein sent over a hundred people, almost two hundred people, into Israel, led by little David Axelrod, to try and defeat Bibi in that election. Uh, yes. So any kind of disrespect. Bibby uh, uh, hands out and dishes out to Generalissimo Hussein is well-earned, and we on this program just want to give Bibby Netanyahu an attaboy. Good show, Bibby. Uh, Chris? Yeah, uh, I, I, I concur. You know, my the, the, the uh, tarnishing of the relationship between the United States and Israel under this it's what, it's what perplexes me about the Democrats and, and how, especially Jewish Democrats, 
how they continue to throw their support behind a political party, which is growing increasingly and alarmingly so anti-Semitic and uh, to the tune to where they want to leave Israel to the mercy of, of radical Islamic fundamentalist regimes who want, who, who want to usher in this utter destruction. And of course, Mr. Obama's advocacy and paving the way for a nuclear weapon for the number one state sponsor of terror, uh, uh, taking little, little interest or little care as to what that would mean for the the nation state of Israel. Definitely. Very well said. Yes, yes, um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, being that I told you I'm an old New Yorker, so obviously I have still have Jewish friends, um, and I have them across the country. And the question I've asked with them, because uh, we've been friends for decades, several of them, I asked them, uh, regarding the Jewish people, because I know the numbers. The first time Obama ran for office, he got 78% of the Jewish vote. The second time, it was down to 68%. And I asked the Jewish friend, uh, friends this question. How could a group of people so individually so intelligent be collectively so stupid? And the three friends that responded to this question agreed with me and had no answer. And yes, they were, I'm talking about three Jewish people, okay? One in Florida, one in Ohio, one in New York City. They all said the well, same I, thing. I know. I, I don't understand it. Go ahead, Ruben. I, I, as a New Yorker, uh, I can tell you that the, the, there's a difference. There's the liberal Jews and the conservative Jews. Uh, conservative Jews are a lot less in New York City, and, and, and especially in Miami. But there is there is a, a, a good percentage of conservative Jews that are opposed because in, in Israel you got the Likud party and you got the Labor party. The Labor party is a traditional Democrat. Likud is the, is the Republican, and the Likud party in Israel is very strong. That's the reason Bibi Bibi is the uh, the prime minister. So uh, you have there's a difference between the the conservative and and, and the liberal Jews in regards to who why they there's a well yeah a but I guess percentage. I guess my, my my broader point my broader point is this is I don't I don't know how anybody who is of Jewish descent uh, uh, supports right. a political party whether you're a liberal or conservative supports a party that is that is growing growing anti-Semitic which is the Democrat Party in this country definitely I, I don't I, get agree it. With you. I really don't get it. No, that that is something that, as a New Yorker, I've been baffled for a long time. Now, Chris, um, yeah. uh, the, whoever becomes president, Donald Trump, uh, Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, they'll be inheriting uh, almost $20 trillion in debt, $10 trillion more than has happened during Obama's watch. Um, he also would be, or she, would be inheriting uh, a very chaotic health care system, a uh, very chaotic economic stock market system, um, global issues from Syria to the Ukraine to um, what, what? What? What do you think? What type of individual do you think would be? Because it's going to be a challenge for anyone to deal with so many issues, both on a on a geopolitical and a dom- domestic. Uh, policies, or economic policies, to confront very, very, uh, a very challenging um, situation. In your opinion, do you see 
someone within the field that is going to be able to handle and manage what has been created the past eight years with Obama? Yeah. Well, first off, let's 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 talk about what Obama's objective has been. He has tried to weaken and ruin the country to such an extent that everything that you just laid out, uh, America on the retreat around the globe, the economy in shambles, the military, uh, our ships. We don't even have enough ships to carry our own Marines and our own service members around the globe to partake in our responsibilities, much less defend ourselves on foreign soil or defend our allies on foreign soil if needs be. Because our, our, our Navy is at its smallest level since I think I heard 1917, somewhere around there. And then, of course, our troop levels have been cut way down. So Mr. Obama is, is working on all fronts to weaken America so that the next president, who uh, could be a Republican and a pro-American, which we can't say about our current occupier of the Oval Office, will have such a hard time because the, the economy will be a basket case. And without a strong economy, you don't have the money to rebuild the military and then you don't have the ability to project American authority around the globe uh, where it's when, when you need to stand up to despots, dictators, and, and communists. So he's doing a very good job of making sure that America is weakened on all fronts when he hands it over to the next occupier of the Oval Office, and, and I believe it's by design. So what the first order of business for the next president will be will be get the economic situation Coming as quickly as humanly possible. This will require somebody with uh, uh, steel fortitude to be able to cut taxes and also to cut federal spending commensurate with that, because that's where George W. Bush went wrong. He cut taxes and then relied on growth to make up for to make up for uh, increased tax receipts from the growth in the economy. He got the growth, but spending just went through the roof because mm-hmm. you know, Republicans and Democrats thought the good times were rolling once again. So there needs right. to be a discipline. You need to hold the line against spending while you relieve the burden from the American people and allow entrepreneurs to rescue this economy once again. That's going to take some time to generate some actual revenue. I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, did you live through the Carter era going into Reagan? Were you adults then? I don't know your, your ages, both of you, really. Now, I was uh, I, I was a kid at the time, but I remember going to the okay, gas station no, on odd number days. Right. No, no, but here, here's why I'm saying this. Um, I was a young adult then, and in the late 70s, I lost my job. And I have to tell you, when I was a young man, I was very focused uh uh, and very driven. And I went to the unemployment office for a week straight, sometimes 4 and 3.30 in the morning, because they, you couldn't do anything for unemployment online. Everything had to be done at the office. And I couldn't even get into the building. There were so many people out of work, applying for unemployment benefits. Now, here's where I'm going with this. When Reagan was first elected, things were, I believe, even worse than they are now because interest rates were through the roof. So not only did we have a debt economy, mass unemployment, you also had, if you had a credit card or you were trying to buy a car or a home, the interest rates on 
that's when the interest rates started going north of 20% with charge cards. This happened during the Carter administration. And, of course, it never came down, uh, even when the prime came down, like, to zero, where it sat for several years, so the Democrats and Republicans could print money and, uh, you know, fulfill their insatiable greed uh, to pillage the American taxpayer. But things... I feel someone who lived through it looked worse even then to me. So if if there's any upside to this mess that we're in, it's that I think a Republican president will straighten it out quicker than uh, Reagan even did back in in the early 80s. Because, again, we'll mention... Uh, Reagan came into an absolute mess, you know, like uh, much worse than what old jackass has been crying about. I inherited a mess. It was so terrible when I came to Washington, D.C. <laughs> um, let's, I, it it will go let's, quicker. Let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's, what do you What do you think about that, Chris, what, what Mark said? Mark? I mean, uh, Chris? I'm here. Yeah, oh, no, uh, he well, dropped. He dropped. I'm I'm looking at the uh, switchboard. He is no longer uh, you want. I'll call him back. Let's see. But uh, I was serious about that. I will never forget that. I couldn't believe I couldn't get into the unemployment office. Couldn't even get in the building. The lines, 4 a.m., were already wrapped around the building. And who was online were men, who older men. 30s, 40s, 50s, who were supporting their families, who needed those unemployment benefits. Uh, I was just a single guy on my own. If I went two or three days without eating, so be it. You know, I didn't have to look at hungry children or a confused wife like these men did when they went home, like I did when I went home uh, after in, in the late 2000s when uh, all of us uh, middle-aged white guys were losing our jobs. And, of course, I'm sure the middle-aged Hispanics and blacks, too, because the thing is, you see, Obama and his Bolshevik hordes, it's, we are called the bourgeoisie. We are the middle class. They don't like us. Smart. And Mark, Mark, call, Mark, 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 try and call uh, C. Because I, de- I am. I am. I'm trying this whole time. I'm I'm chattering. You know, you know, I'm private sector, Ruben. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know, I'm 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 not a Washington D.C. Uh, bureaucrat uh, with uh, an insincere or absent work ethic. And I'm trying to call him. Phone is dialing. I don't I, it. it I don't know what happened, Ruben. I don't think it was me because you're still on the line. I'm still on the line. Yeah. Let's see what's happening. I'm trying to get him. Yeah, my thing says uh, our caller has dropped. So it was on his end. Maybe something happened. Who knows? But in the meantime, I'm trying. But we we, we, we will continue with Mr. Salcedo's point that uh, it, it, a big mess has to be cleaned up, uh, probably which is what is fueling the uh, Trump revolution because we see him. He's an extremely successful, international, multi-billionaire builder. 
Now, I'm sorry, I don't see anyone in D.C. with uh, such an impressive resume of accomplishments in the real world. You know, I'm not talking about what they did in Washington and who stood in front of the Supreme Court and who did this over here in Congress. No, I'm talking about in the real world where there's unions, where there's, uh, you know, you have to deal with organized crime in New York to get your concrete, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or like Trump has, he's built massive structures in Muslim lands, in Asia, in China, Japan, uh, Dubai, the Arab states. Uh, I mean, the man has a list of accomplishments as far as the eye can see. Now, as opposed to little Marco Rubio, who uh, I, 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 as I, I was joking online, Ruben, I was saying, well, you know, uh, stop belittling Rubio. He does have an accomplishment. He's been diaper trained. So let's move on from that because the man is very happy to be wearing big boy underpants now and no longer his diapers. That that was his accomplishment. Uh, No, I'm trying, Ruben. I'm trying to call up now. I I, I mean, I I think think maybe he might have got upset because we were asking questions and we were talking too much. You might have. Oh, uh, really? So, uh, <laughs> oh, so it's my fault. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, well, because, no, no I had to explain that. Happened, yeah, what I was providing historical uh, observations. I, I know, but what happens is I told him, I said, we have a set of questions, and that, you know, we're interviewing him, <laughs> not, not, not us uh, giving, us, you know, our, our opinion. I know. Well, we don't have a script, Ruben. All right. Well, no, no. That's the reason I. You know, I the reason I. The reason I prep. I prep is because I have a set of questions. For for. Well, well, uh, well, well wait a second. Let, let let me ask you on the air. How, how many questions did you have? You don't have to give me all. You know what they are. How many did you have? How many have you asked so far? Uh, he answered uh, seven. I had I had fifteen. Okay, so we got halfway through it, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was going fine. Fifteen questions. Also, by the way, I made this show ninety minutes. You know, when yeah, we have know. guests like this, I, I like to give us an extra half hour. And uh, yeah. Mr. Salcedo, if you're still listening, and I somehow upset you, I, I apologize. But you have to understand, we're talking to predominantly a student audience. And I feel it's one of my functions to provide perspective. And I was providing a perspective back in the late 70s that no, a no, lot that of people good. aren't aware of. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, no, no, I mean, and, and, and it's nothing against you. It's just basically some of the, this guy has a, a huge show, I mean, all, all over the nation. And and, uh, and, and I said, we're going we're gonna to have questions for you. And... Uh, you know, sometimes they, you know, they, they, they don't want to be hearing what I say or what he or what you say, because we're we're supposed to be interviewing them. They don't, you know, that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's how that's how it is. Hey, it's over. So, all right. Uh, well, I, I, that's okay. And we thank Mr. Salcedo for joining us for however yeah. long he had been on the call with us. But, yeah, yeah, uh, he was with anyway. us. He was all, he was also for forty five minutes, which was, was, was I know, was yeah, yeah. He was on for a long time, which is why knowing oh, I had oh, the extra tried, thirty oh, minutes. Oh no, wait a minute, wait a minute. He he tried to call back. 
trying to call back. Call him. All right, wait, wait, let me check out this. No, I don't see him. No, no, try and call him back. Okay, I will do that, sir. I am doing that right now. It's like I said, uh, I can... Oh, here he... Here he is. He's coming in. I see... I see he's on the dashboard, but I'm, and I'm waiting for the uh, software to give me the prompt to put him on live. Yeah, he said that he's trying to call. Huh. Hello. Come on. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Oh, thank God you're back. You, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, glad you're here. Because... I tried calling back in, fellas, but the, 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 phone, the line wouldn't go through. Uh, well, you know what? Ruben was giving me a, a tongue lashing for talking too much. <laughs> I, I said, Chris, Chris is Chris is our special guest. I, I want to hear Chris's. Not, I, I don't oh no, Chris I was enjoying it right until the phone line dropped off. I was enjoying it immensely, so no problem. <laughs> oh, Chris, yeah, because Chris, I, I was. Just, I had to provide that historical perspective, students, yeah, how things were back in the seventies. Uh, that a, a, a young man like myself couldn't even get into the unemployment building. The lines were wrapped around the building multiple times. And this was in, by the way, I just want to, uh, so you know I'm factual, this was in Long Island City, Queens, the unemployment office there, right on uh, the Queens side of the 59th Street Bridge. That's where this was. So students, you have to, that's how bad things were back then. Uh, you couldn't get into the unemployment office. And now I just wanted to finish up. Now we're told unemployment is 4.9%, which is complete rubbish, although we can't blame Obama for that because the rules and regulations identifying those who are unemployed were changed, I believe, back in one of the Bush administrations. So we can't blame him for yeah, that. But that 4.9% is garbage. Go ahead, sir. No, no, you're absolutely right about that. And the fact that, that simply because you uh, can't be used by a politician when you're out of work as a statistic anymore, that's why you're no longer counted by your government. That's how disingenuous the way we calculate unemployment is. That's right. Hey, Chris, uh, 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 if you want to mention your your the station's website, because it's a very uh, – Mark, it's a very, very popular uh, radio program all over the nation um, – so, Chris, go ahead. Um, your uh, your website and um, when you are when you are on the air every day, Monday through Friday. Sure enough, uh, uh, the the website. I guess the easiest one would be to go to would be the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook. That's where you can find a lot of information, a lot of posts there on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. We are there. Uh, the first show airs Monday through Friday at six o'clock in the morning central, which is seven Eastern on K S E V in Houston. That is K as in kilo E as in echo S as in Sam B as in Victor in, uh, Houston. Then, uh, after three hours there, we move up to Dallas Fort Worth on the great WBAP, the home of Rush Limbaugh in North Texas. And then uh, on Saturdays across the nation on the Blaze Radio Network, which you can find at theblaze.com slash radio. Wow. How, how, do you keep your, how do you wet your whistle? You're on the air so much, sir. I mean, well, uh, uh, 
just this show. I got two I'm words for you. Drinking. Go ahead. I got I got I got two words for you. Don Julio. <laughs> that's that that's a tequila, everybody. Just so you know. That's a, no, that's a tequila. Just so you know. Close. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to get through the day. <laughs> so, so Chris, so Chris, uh, in regards to um, foreign policy, uh, right now we're we're in a very critical situation. I mean, we have. We have the uh, the Saudis and the and 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 the uh, and Turkey and the Turks basically conspiring to basically go against Vladimir Putin in uh, in Syria with Bashar Assad and Putin tagging together, and then you have ISIS. This whole mess uh, of the Middle East. Uh, is there any way that Anyone can actually do something about it because so far no one, no one has done anything. I mean, well, they have no, not not now, not not now. I mean, Barack Obama has made such a a massive mess of everything. Remember, Bush administration took a lot of heat and, and used a lot of resources, but even in Obama and Joe Biden's own word, Iraq was a success. They both said those same words. Iraq was a success. So what Barack Obama literally did was snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory in Iraq. In so doing, he created this vacuum, this leadership vacuum in the Middle East, and all of the regional powers now are vying for control. But Mr. Obama did something even worse. He decided he would install as a regional hegemon, if you will, the Iranians by gifting them nukes and allowing them to take over the region which will spell nothing but disaster for our allies and for America in the long run. But it's not just in the Middle East. It's Russia. It's China. It's North Korea. You've got, you've got the Chinese right now militarizing illegal islands that they are building themselves in the South China Sea, threatening our commerce, threatening our allies, the freedom of the seas. And Barack Obama, the, the, the most he's managed to do right now is to threaten to sail some aircraft carriers out that way and to fly a couple of planes near those islands. But they've got fighter jets on those islands now and surface-to-air missiles on those islands right now. And they are doing a military buildup because they know they have a weak occupier in the Oval Office and Barack Obama. And the next occupier of the Oval Office, hopefully we get a president, will have a hard time dislodging them once they're there without going to war. And that's what the Chinese want. Uh, North Korea, yeah, it's sir, nuclear. You know, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll shut up. The, the, the nuclear uh, problem with North Korea, again, we can thank another Democrat for the, for the North Koreans able to have, uh, have nuclear weapons. And Barack Obama, of course, has done absolutely nothing about the North Koreans during his time in office. So the next occupier of the Oval Office, again, praise God, a president, will have quite a, a heavy lift on their hands. And I, frankly, without seeing the intelligence in front of me, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But I, uh, be, because our ability to project our our power has been so diminished by this president. You, you know, right. gentlemen, it's it's funny, Ruben. You mentioned the Turks. Uh, don't forget, I'm I'm half Maltese, and the Maltese and the Turks have a uh, massive clash way back in history when the the Turks were invincible. 
wherever the Turks' armies marched, they conquered. Uh, I also want to remind the audience, don't forget, almost 1,700 the Turks were at the gates of Vienna. Look at a map. See where Vienna is in the heart of Europe. That's how far the Turks advanced. Anyway, Turks invaded Malta, and a little tiny Knights of Malta army defeated them. So I am well read about the Turks. And the way I describe them, and I want to share this with the students, is there's been a century, this has gone on for centuries, a centuries learned and a centuries earned dislike and distrust of the Turks. And uh, I, I could just can imagine what it would be like to be an Eastern European in the Balkans and having to live your life alongside this uh, Turkish onslaught that's been going on for well over a thousand years into Europe. And I'm just talking to Turks. I'm not talking to the other Muslims that, uh, you know, came up through Spain and tours in France or the other ones that raided Italy and Sicily. Uh, I'm talking about the Turks themselves. And I, I want to finish up with saying, gentlemen, I cringe when I hear a McCain or uh, Lindsey Graham talking about going to war in Syria because while we have President Obama in the White House, I do not even want to go to war with Liechtenstein, okay? Enough of the commander-in-chief of this stature or lack thereof. Not even Liechtenstein. And students, that's a little tiny country in the middle of Europe, by the way. Go ahead, gentlemen. We don't even want to go to war with Liechtenstein while Obama's in office. Well, moving, continuing on, on foreign policy, uh, Chris, um, I believe the situation in, in, in Latin America, uh, we, have, um, we have a country like Brazil, which is one of the biggest countries in, in, in the Americas, and then we got Mexico. And this whole situation of the mass migration coming from Latin America because of corrupt country, uh, politicians and governments over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, 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 you know, the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize, I'm sorry, but i got to say this too, what a lot of people don't realize is Mexico is firmly controlled by a group of wealthy oligarchs. And the last thing they want to do is provide social benefits to their own citizens because that will take money out of their own pockets. This is why we have this poverty and depravity in Mexico. This is why all these people are coming across the border because Mexico gives you zilch. If you're a Mexican citizen, you, you, you get the back of the hand, sort of like what Bibi just did. To, to Obama recently, and that's why these people pour across the border, because Mexico provides zero social benefits. I'm sorry, gentlemen, I just had to point that out. Okay. Well, yeah, it's not, even so much, it's not even so much social benefits, it's also freedom and liberty. There's no such thing as uh, the Second Amendment down that way, and you're right, the Mexican system very closely resembles the Don system of which it devolved from. Right. And the the Don system is basically, you know, royalty guys that were sent over here by the Spanish crown and they were gifted lands and they 
had uh, they were able to uh, have people that worked those lands and they enslaved a lot of folks. Look, a lot of the same power structures in place inside of Mexico. It's a backward third world country, and my descendancy is is Mexican. And so there's a good reason why so many people want to get out of Mexico is because, well, it's just a, a terrible place to be. I mean, wouldn't you want to leave Mexico too? So and right. when the government leaves, gets paid off by the drug cartels, and so the, the government's fat and happy. In the meantime, they disarm their population so they can't even fight back because if the Mexican people were armed, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion things would change right quick down that way, but uh, the Mexican government would chance that. So, then, right. so the Mexican government then blames us because their people are starting to get guns courtesy of the Americans, and so the Mexicans have uh, – their, their leadership has the temerity to come up here and wag their finger at at us for our freedom and our Second Amendment rights, to which I say to uh, Vicente Fox or uh, Felipe Calderon, uh, excuse me, don't come to my country and, and deign to tell me uh, about, uh, about what we have to do with our Second Amendment rights and with our guns, because you come from a third, third world backwater country who doesn't even know the name or, or, or the, the meaning of the word liberty. So I have nothing but disdain for the Mexican government and for the Central American government of right. of Spanish speaking countries who exploit their people and grind their people into, into the dirt, and that is the reason why they seek refuge in the in the great country, of the United States, to the north. Right. No. No. But that, that, that's where I was heading. Uh, the, the question that I have for you is in regards to our economic policy towards Latin America. How would the next president of the United States? Because Latin America, to a certain degree, has taken a back precedent. It's not front precedent. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a priority. But I think with the mass migration, what would you, in your, in your view, would you see that the next president of the United States, how he, should he handle the, the mass migration that's occurring right now, and the economic policies that we we need to to work out with these Latin American countries? Uh, the mass migration, I would stop. We don't have the ability to accommodate these people. Right. Um, simply because you have a need doesn't give you a right to infiltrate a country, to come into a country without, without permission. I would work with these other governments to stabilize their governments, to make it, to necessitate the fact that they don't, they don't need to be leaving, um, I would let them know uh, that America is going to be shutting down its border. We will no longer be your safety valve because you can't get your act together. So you're going to have a humanitarian crisis on your hands, not to mention uh, all of uh, all of your squad battling for power. So go to the authorities and tell them that in those countries and say, "Look, uh, you're going to have you're going to have a big, massive problem on your hands if you don't accommodate our request here. We will help you get your country under control, but you've got to keep your people here." Um, Mexico, it, it bears pointing out that our friends of the South, they have allowed this mass migration to come through their their country so long as these people pledge that they're only passing through and they won't burden Mexico. So Mexico right. is saying, well, we don't want we don't want you folks in here from Central America, but as long as you're passing to go burden the United States, we're cool with that. So that shows you how yeah. much how how much how friendly the United States is to the United States of America. To which to which I say, you know what? We should secure that border and make sure that that Mexico isn't so foolhardy with its with its southern border anymore. I agree. 
Totally. Yep. Very good. Mark, you want to go? Yeah, I was saying uh, Mexico's lucky I'm not the president because I would build a wall like Trump. However, I would build it on the Mexican side of the Rio Grande. I would use their real estate to build a wall. Uh, and I wouldn't even do it on U.S. territory. And uh, if they objected, you know, my response would be, oh, well, you know, you aren't controlling your border. You're doing all these things that Mr. Salcedo said. So uh, guess what? We're going to take some of your territory to build our wall. And, of course, they're going to pay for it. Um, you know, that there's one thing in this whole illegal immigration debate that I rarely hear mentioned. And I feel it's a 600-pound gorilla in the room, not an 800, a 600-pound. And that is all these illegal immigrants from south of the border, probably everywhere else coming here, are working off the books. They're paying no taxes. I wonder what the, uh, you know, and this, I wonder, and this drives me kind of crazy, the IRS is so vigilant so uh, aggressive in making sure they get every little stinking penny and they make sure they wring out the American taxpayer like a rag. But yet there's tens of millions of these people, at least 10 million, working off the books. Uh, you know, I see it all and I over think New Jersey. That's a, that's a real there. reason why Donald Trump yeah, – yeah, that's a real reason why Donald Trump is also – excelling is because the American people are tired of both political parties telling us that we have to sit down, shut up, and pay for everything while uh, our elected leaders open up our borders. Ha Look, how, how many of those elites up in Washington, D.C. have their kids going to school with the illegal immigrants from all over the globe, whether they be from Pakistan, China, India, Indonesia, Mexico, Central America? No. None of these elites up in Washington, D.C. have to have their children share a classroom with uh, those individuals and have their taxpayer money go to fund these classrooms. No, no. It's we, the people, that's put up with that. So uh, there's a massive disconnect between the people in Washington, D.C. and the people they're allegedly allowed to serve. And again, this is, this is part and parcel of an America whose leaders say that uh, Americans don't deserve to be treated as well as illegal immigrants. And that's got to change. And I think Donald Trump is going to go a long way to changing that if he is, uh, continues to dominate the Republican field as he has done. Hey, Chris, I don't want to uh, abuse because I know you, you, you wake up early in the morning. How, long, how, long more, uh, how, could, how many more minutes or can we have you for? Well, I, gotta, I probably got to hit the sack here in the next 10 minutes. So <laughs> I was hoping okay. uh, that, that – that, uh, I, I didn't know how long your show was. So, uh, I, uh, But, yeah, guys, I, uh, I, I probably okay, should be able to call and I got to do a little show prep. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming, and I definitely uh, look forward to uh, hearing your show tomorrow. And, and, and uh, you're always welcome on, on our show. Yeah, Thanks, thank fellas. You very Appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for joining us, and I apologize if I interjected too much, but, I, you know, we, we're dealing with a lot of students, and I always like to provide background perspective to what we're discussing. And, you know, sir, before you leave, you just want to give your own website and radio show data again? Oh, yeah, sure. You guys can go to uh, com. You can go to kscvradio.com, wbap.com, or theblaze.com. You'll find the Chris Salcedo Show, any one of those places.
Fantastic. Okay, good sir, night. Thank you very much, and uh, sweet dreams. <laughs> All right, boys. Good night. All right. Good night. Have a good one. Yeah, I'm so glad he called back, uh, Ruben. Yeah, I, I feel exonerated. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I have my ten, 10 out of the 15 questions. Uh, yeah, that's hey, how two-thirds. I, come on. Two-thirds, yeah, that, that is, 10 I, out of 15. Yeah, I, I, I tend to, uh, because, you know, he does the same thing when he when he's interviewing people. I listen to him, and he, he, he has, okay, this is question number one, He's always asking questions, so I said, "Let me do the same thing. I'm going to have questions for him." Uh, but anyway, I think I think, uh, <laughs> I think I think it was a very good interview. That was uh, congratulations yeah, he, again, Donald one Donald one in Mississippi, Michigan. Good, good, good. Idaho, not to later. I'm, I was I'm so glad. You know, I'm supporting him, Ruben, and it's not so much that I think. Donald Trump is the do-all, say-all, you know, walk on water, uh, you know, speak to us with Corinthian columns behind us type of thing. (laughs) But, excuse me, sorry, but the fact that I'm looking at who is aligning against him, and that just inspires me and drives me even more. You know, I'm unemployed. I spend about five hours a day body slamming all these anti-Trump critics on both Twitter and Facebook. And I'm proud yeah. to say some famous people have blocked me on Twitter because I, I, I have no respect for these people. I have more respect for someone grubbing cigarettes on the corner or a cab driver than I do for a Mitt Romney, a Ryan, or some, oh, you know, it's a PG-13 show, I won't say it, or a Mitch McConnell. Uh, they're, uh, they're sickening, sickening, pitiful human beings. It, how did we get here, Ruben, that the worst America has to offer is concentrated in Washington, D.C. How the hell did we get here? And uh, and it's not just Democrats, it's Republicans, too. How did this happen, Ruben? How did the scummers end up running the show? You know, any ideas? Well, the people. The people have actually um, have allowed this to happen. Um, but but, but I, think, I think, it, it, it you know, I, let me tell you, I've kind of, I've had incidents already, and in, uh, with individuals both on the Cruz, on the Rubio, on the, um, on the Trump side, that had basically disrespect. I mean, uh, I had one of the young ladies that one of these a holes uh, basically started saying you should be raped. I mean, you know. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, he, he went off, uh, and I had to I had to step in because I said, you know, you don't. You, okay, great. You like Trump. I like Cruz. Or she likes. Cruz. You don't have to insult the person in that fashion. You know that that does. You can. I know. I know. I know. Especially they you do know, it on social can, media. I mean, you know, I I, 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 the guy was saying, you know, you, you should be. You should be screwed and then put a, 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 a bat up your, you know, 
Come on. Oh, 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 oh. Don't, don't, don't even go there. Disgusting. You know, you know, you know what it is. It's on social media. We have all these people. I, I, I call them, and again, it's a family show. I call them female reproductive organs. Uh, because, uh, you know, it's in social media. You have to wonder how they behave, you know, talking to you in a face-to-face environment. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you and, can and I, I don't think they would be as bad. You know, I don't think they would be as gruff because then they have to look you in the eyes and do this. You know, that's just a product of this 21st century social media bull crap. Yeah, I mean, you can disagree. Like, I, like me and this lady, we had a disagreement, and she said, she said, you know, she's like you. I mean, she said, you know, if, if Trump doesn't win, I would go for for Cruz, and we we have our differences. But this right, a hole. Right. But this a hole when he started insulting uh, in in such a, a a sexual way. I mean yeah. that. that 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 you cannot I, I I cannot tolerate because you know I have I have a I have a sister I have daughter uh, nieces you know you, you don't treat women like that you know oh yeah I'm with you a hundred percent I mean you have to uh, uh, I mean yeah. stand in front of the bullet stand in front of the knife for your women yeah. folk I'm first I'm first generation myself and my father yeah. literally came over here as as a teenager from Europe. So I'm hardcore first generation, and we have these values. You look at my wife or my daughter or my grandchildren, my granddaughters or my nieces just the wrong way, and I will take your damn head off and not feel the least slightly bit guilty doing it. And uh, I have done that in the past. Um, I, I did it. I almost lost my job. Uh, I had a senior executive position at a Manhattan firm, and I just about dismembered someone who said something disgusting to my wife along the lines of what these people were telling you. And even the words incensed me. I I could imagine someone trying to lift a hand or something like that to any of my women folk. Um, I just hope that person has their last will and testament in order because this big New York City guy is going to cream you. And any man should do the same thing. Go ahead, Ruben. I I told the guy, you know, I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) You don't mess around like that with with a New Yorker because we will kick your butt. And kick your butt in 15 seconds or less, Charlie Brown. Don't forget that one either. You know, know, Ruben, I want to share this story along these lines of what we're talking about. There there was a a transit strike in the 80s in New York City. Uh, Oh, no, excuse me, it wasn't a transit. It was the commuter buses from New Jersey were on strike. Now, I have family in Brooklyn, so I stayed in Brooklyn. This happened in the summer. So now I'm away from my wife and kids because I'm staying in Brooklyn. I work in Manhattan. I was taking the subway into Brooklyn, staying there, going back in the morning. Anyway, I'm sitting on the stoop of my in-law's house in Brooklyn because I want to describe to the the people the city. As I'm sitting there, I see a young man run by me. Now, the thing is, this house is set back from the houses on either side of it. So I only have a limited view. This young man comes running into my view about 18, running hard, fear in his eyes. I see three middle-aged gentlemen chasing him. And 
one of them is coming from across the street trying to cut them off at the angle. Anyway, I just see them run off. They, they go out of my sight. A minute later, I see the three men running past the house now with fear in their eyes. And behind them was like 15 or 18 young Brooklyn guys chasing yeah. them. And this is the, this is the thing with, with the city. You can have a face-off with someone, and you're going to have to end it. This is what I've learned because I was a long wolf. You have to end that that uh, confrontation real quick because you have no idea what the hell is going to come out of a door, or the windows, a car can pull up, and all of a sudden you're outnumbered eight, nine to one, or you're outgunned. So what Ruben's talking about is true. Us old New York guys, we learned to end it and end it quick so we can get the right. hell out of there because God knows what's coming. And this is the urban environment. This is what that's like. And I'm sure it's like that in, in the ghetto now, same thing. You have trouble with someone not from your block, you better deal with that trouble and then get your family out of there. Oh, anyway, go ahead, Ruben. I mean, I'm that's, sorry. That's, no, no, but that's a, this this guy was basically uh, saying those horrible things to his, and, and and I said, you know, you you're not a man if you have to treat a woman a woman like that, and you know, yeah, you can disagree that uh, that Trump is better than Cruz and Cruz is a, you don't have to get into that point because that that's on call to do something like that. And he's, oh, well, I don't care, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, no class, no class. No yes, class. yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Well, actually, they do have class. The old saying is, you have class, but it's all low. So uh, that's how I've always termed those those kind of people. But uh, I'm just excited uh, about Trump. And I wanted to point out to the audience, look, you must know by now, Ruben supports Cruz. I support Trump, yet we That's can right. talk like adults. We That's can right. discuss differences like yep. civil people, just like Americans are supposed to be. Hello. You know, uh, right. the, the, this uh, uh, sodomizing opponents and whatnot is something that occurs in uh, third world nations. It's not supposed to even be said, nonetheless try, attempted here in uh, supposedly the first world, a civilized <laughs> nation, the USA. Uh, and that's, that's right. uncalled for. And there's people on social media that I see the cruelest, most vile things, and I'll get up in their face verbally, but I, I won't respond with something like that. That That's like uncalled for. That's uncalled for. Uh, I, I just for, don't understand that. For, a, you know, for, I mean, to do to say that to a woman, that, 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 you're not a real man if you do that. And I, I had to step in. Uh, I had to step in and, and tell him off. I said, "You know, you, you want you want to talk to me like that? Go ahead. Don't talk to don't talk to a to, to a young lady who's just basically defending. She's for Cruz. You don't have to insult her in that fashion just because she's Cruz. So that 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 true, was my, my that was my that was my incident on social media with this. Well, I have plenty of them because I, I I go after these people. When when I see people on social media posting, uh, you know, and I I, I just did a post today, 
And I was saying I'm getting very upset at my fellow patriots because I see both of them, both Trump people and Cruz people. You, you know, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not uh, singling anyone out. And what's irritating me is they're recirculating what I would term Bolshevik deceitful propaganda, say, put out by Channel 2. And then someone elects Cruz, takes a Channel 2 report, and blasts it all over social media when hello. Channel 2 is the Bolshevik News Network. Channel 4 is the Bolshevik News Network. So I wouldn't, first of all, I wouldn't publish anything, uh, I wouldn't circulate a story negative about Cruz uh, because that's not my style. If I got something negative to say to someone about Cruz, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to refer to some uh, Bolshevik reference to rip down Ted Cruz because here's what's going on, folks. Ted or Donald are going to be our nominee. So one everyone, of the two, one of the two is going to be our calm nominee. down these recirculating these negative attacks on these two men because the Democrats are sitting back and they're going to cherry pick what they think are the good ones, and we're doing all the screening for them. So hello, if you want to help the Bolsheviks, if you want to help the New World Order, Bob Barron, Democrat, Republican yeah. <laughs> machines, then keep recirculating this stuff. Now the thing is, if you like your candidate, support him. If and, and you know what, convince me by promoting Cruz why he's the better choice. Just like I'm going to try and convince you that Trump is the better choice. But don't go down these negative roads. That's not helping us. Because, again, especially, it's going to be Ted or, or Donald. Go ahead. Especially insulting a woman in that fashion, that, you know, of, of, of sexually attacking her. I mean, that... that I hope that, it wasn't that, a Trump fan. Was it a Trump fan? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, oh, uh, I, I, I apologize. I apologize that because there's absolutely no place for that yeah i mean that that, that was i mean mo most of the trump uh individuals are, are fine they're fine but this guy this guy needs to get his a whip a, a, a whipping and, and you know also I, I wanted to say you know what i've noticed i've noticed uh these uh bolsheviks and these uh pro heathen savage jihadist muslim people I've seen a few of them acting and trying to present themselves as Republicans or middle of the road, and all they're trying to do is just foster more dissent and foster more arguments between the two camps. You know, it, it goes along with the same, you know, you hear, the, I hear Hillary Clinton, I, I, you know, that's one woman I want to slap. Uh, but you hear these Democrats talking, look at the Republicans, how they're attacking each other, this, that. In the meantime, all they're doing is responding to the questions by these so-called moderators. So if you've got an issue with this Democrats, maybe you should take it up with the moderators who are asking these dumbass questions and purposely fostering this kind of dissension with the Republican candidates. That's the damn problem. It's not the candidates. And You're right. although Stanley, if I were a candidate, I would brush off these questions and just come right out and tell them, screw you. Well, the moderators are, 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 are totally a-holes also. I mean, because they, they, they don't know how to control an environment 
like like a debate. They do not. They're totally agenda driven. This is the problem. The, we we don't have impartial moderators. We have agenda driven people, whether they're Bolsheviks or they're New World Order UN sellouts. They have an agenda. And that, that's the issue. Now, I want to change the topic one second for a little laugh. I'm seeing this on Twitter. And someone on Twitter is alerting the world that ISIS spelled backwards is sissy. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you know, I can't believe he and Ruben in the 21st century, the barbarism, the brutality we're seeing come out of the Mideast, specifically ISIS, although many others are to blame, and then people here in this country defending it. It's defenseless. Now, the uh, latest is the State Department is investigating the genocide of Christians to see if there's anything there. I guess 42,872 video <laughs> clips, people being decapitated, drowned, beaten to death or Owned, uh doesn't qualify to them. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up with we are All students right. for a better future. We are 501c3. For every dollar you donate to us, we spend $1.65. So we spend 165% of our donations towards the cause. No one is paid. Ruben doesn't get paid. I'm not paid. And Doreen certainly doesn't take money. You know, all of this, this group, this show, is all predicated on Her Highness Doreen Finkel. I love her. What a patriot. <laughs> we and, love her. Uh, yeah, Ruben, wrap it up, baby. We got 60 seconds. Well, next week, uh, it's on you, for guest. Well, you know what? I'm I'm trying to invite someone for next week, so leave that open. Something that's very pertinent to what's going on, okay? Oh, I so, will. Uh, I will. It's, it's going to be your turn now. Okay, yeah, all right. What, what I'm trying to do is invite, and it, it might be a Jersey-centric show, I'm, I would like to invite on the air, and I hope he accepts, uh, one of the first candidates to declare for the Republican gubernatorial nomination in New Jersey. Uh, wow. Ten seconds. Ooh. Okay, folks. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our show and our perspectives, and God bless America. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 